Hello, folks. Welcome to Courtside Wellness. I'm your host, Brandon St. Croix, former athlete and current sports social worker. We just finished up watching the World Cup and what an amazing final match it was, coming down to penalty kicks. On today's episode, we're joined by someone else who's used to penalty kicks, Jack Bear, former NCAA champion with Georgetown University and current professional soccer player, Jack sits down and joins us and talks about his own journey of mental health, how he has worked on breaking down the stigma of mental health in the sport community, and words of advice for young athletes. Thank you and enjoy. And folks, we're back with Jack Beer, professional soccer player and former NCAA soccer player. Thanks, Jack, for joining us here on Corsa Wellness today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, first of all, I'll throw the ball over yourself and give us an introduction of who you are. My name is Jack. I was born in Westchester, New York. I uh, went to Byron Hills High School. I uh, played soccer pretty much all throughout my life. So soccer and athletics was and is a huge part of my life um, and who I am. And, you know, as much as I love it, with that comes the grind of playing and the grind of being an athlete. So kind of all throughout uh, my high school career and growing up, I got to a stage where I was pretty talented and that talent also came with a lot of stress with trying to make national teams and trying to get recruited to uh, to colleges and make the professional level at the end of the day. So um, all throughout high school, I definitely struggled at points with my anxiety and kind of who I was as a, as a person, what, you know, where that came into. And, and I went to Georgetown University to, as you mentioned, to, to play NCAA soccer. Um, and there really kicked off kind of my mental health journey. You know, that was the real the real stress that came into it. Just from transitioning into a college environment isn't easy, you know, in general from high school to college. And then you throw in, you know, your soccer and your dreams and it can get some, you know, very stressful at, at times. And I think it's not talked about as often as it should be because I do think it's a very normal experience. So that's why I'm here to, to, to talk about it and to shed light on it. And you brought up a great point in terms of there was different signs in high school, but oftentimes we get that pushed to a side. Was it ever a conversation in high school or was it until you went to Georgetown, the conversation around mental health, or was it something that you had to bring up the conversation? Yeah, honestly, I think it was just until Georgetown, really my junior year. Um, I think I was working through the emotions myself. I didn't really understand what was kind of going on. I remember going to national camp for, you know, with the, the national team, this is 14 years old. And I would like, I would basically cry every single day. I was so stressed out. I just wanted to play well. And those kind of experiences kind of kept happening. And as much as I loved soccer, it definitely bled into my relationship with it because I was kind of like, you know, why am I stressed about something I, I really love? So those feelings kind of came to fruition. I think more in college, I could understand more where I was coming from. And, and that bubble kind of popped about, about not talking about it or not really acknowledging it. And my junior year, I got to preseason and pretty bad panic attack. And I felt kind of alone in it because I wasn't telling anyone about it. So eventually I opened up about it to my coaches and to my teammates. And once I opened up about it, it was almost like all that weight was lifted off my shoulders and I was able to to play the way I wanted and feel the way I wanted and, and feel the way that I deserved, I feel, um, towards soccer. So I think it was really once I acknowledged it and I wasn't afraid anymore to be to be vulnerable about it, that something clicked. And that's a great point because, again, once we're able to talk about it, it takes away the power that the mental illness has and we get the power back and we empower ourselves to be able to reach out for those supports. And it's great to hear. It sounds like your experience is positive in terms of reaching out to coaches, reaching out to teammates. 
I'm glad to hear that because oftentimes we hear athletes who reach out and either support isn't there or, you know, the understanding isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. It totally was. Um, I think the big, big fear, especially as an athlete is the stigma behind, you know, are you going to, if you open up about your feelings, are you going to be viewed as weak or not able to perform on the field? And from my experience, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have a great coach, um, in Brian Weiss, he was our, he was my coach at Georgetown, and I took off my sophomore my whole sophomore year actually of, of soccer because of this at school. And he was always you know the first one to tell me, look, like I'm here for you. My door is always open, and you're always welcome back. So I'm super grateful to have that support around me. And like I said, that was that was really the key for me. And that sense of being safe and feeling that secure place that okay, there's that understanding, there's that empathy for mental health and that understanding sounds like was really key for yourself and why would you recommend coaches programs and even other teammates and other athletes to provide a more positive mental health environment yeah i think honestly i've been after my experience i think it should honestly be like the first thing that coaches talk about coming into a college environment like you know i know a lot of the focus is on winning and a coach has a job right like to win to perform they want the team to do well but at the end of the day, I think it's a people first environment. And if you care about the human being first, you will, I guarantee, get the best out of them on the field. So I genuinely do think the first thing that coaches should say, especially to freshmen coming into that environment, is look, I'm here for you. I know this is tough. I just want you to know if you have a problem, I'm in your corner always. I think that should be the first thing. And that's a big point there, especially around doing it from the very beginning to create that culture. Because again, oftentimes we have to break the culture that's in many aspects of sport. One hundred percent. I'm I'm a big culture guy. I, like I said, I really do think and believe that if you have a good culture, if you care for your human beings on on your team, you will get the results on the field. It, it will come. Going back to even high school, was there ever a conversation around mental health or mental well being, or was that more so just here's the drills, here's the games, and <laughs> that's where the conversation starts and ends? Yeah, I think. It was, I I wasn't really aware of any of this mental health stuff. I think it just kind of came about in recent years, which is funny because it it lines up with my experience. But uh, no, in high school, I don't think I was really aware of it. And I also didn't deal with it. I don't think as much. Luckily, I I was fairly talented and I was on teams where I was one of the best players on my teams. So I think that's honestly one of the biggest struggles transitioning to college or a pro environment is you get to a place where your talent doesn't take you, you know, only takes you a certain level and then you really have to push through mentally and withstand a lot of adversity and and mental barriers and I think that's where coaches and teammates and really everyone just need to understand that we all need to be in each other's corner for for those things because it will happen eventually and this isn't just for athletes right this is like along a career eventually your talent and your skill set um you know will only take you so far so you do need to withstand some mental barriers and yeah, to answer your question, in high school, I guess I, I just really wasn't aware of it as much. I think it, it came to fruition in college. And in terms of the athlete transitions, because again, going from high school to college, that was a transition of his own, and you've transitioned now into professional level. How did you handle that transition, and what support did you find was helpful in the transition? That's a great question. My experience was unique because of COVID. I think when COVID hit, we had actually just won the national championship, so second part to that junior year story is once I had the panic attack, um, 
I told my coach that I was pretty certain I was going to be done. Honestly, I didn't I didn't think I could mentally withstand the the pressure and the anxiety that I was feeling, and I was pretty heartbroken about it. So I told him, I, you know, I don't think this is for me. He said the the same exact thing to me, you know, which was awesome. Like I'm here for you if you change your mind, please let me know. So a week later, when I was just sitting with my thoughts about it, I was like, let me give this one more shot. Right when I joined the team back, he you know he really sat me down and he gave me some accommodations to to work with me. We set up meetings to talk whenever. My assistant coach um, offered me to um, speak to his wife who had similar issues playing college soccer. So I had a lot of support, like you said, and a lot of resources. So we ended up winning the national championship, luckily that enough that year. And I was actually on the spot kick um, for one of the penalties in the national final, which was, it meant a lot to me because of what I went through mentally. And I think it shows that even if you come out and explain how you're feeling and show that you might be quote unquote weak, my coach definitely trusted me to put me on the field, to put me in the spot in that circumstance. So that was really awesome. I forget your question. Sorry. No worries. Just around terms of supports that either were implemented or that could be implemented for athletes while they're going through the transitions. But I think what your answer was really spoke to the difference of mental toughness and mental wellness and how you can be going through difficulties with your mental health and still be mentally tough. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. In regard to the the pro transition, I guess, yeah, like I said, COVID hit um, right after that. So we won, it was this big high and then COVID hit and I was kind of like, well, what does this mean for me? You know, I just went through all this emotion and now COVID hit, so we had a big break and I kind of came to the conclusion like, Maybe it's time to to hang the boots up again. You know, I I, we, I just ended on this high. I think I did what I wanted to do, and now it's kind of start time to start like real life. But so I so I actually I started working that job. Like looking for a job was a long process. So I salute people <laughs> after they they finish college to to find a job. It's it's not easy. But I started working, and then you know I was working for about six months. And I got a call, the team that I'm on, the current team that I'm on now, um, NYCFC's second team. So that was forming uh, last year. And I had been on a club team called New York Soccer Club growing up that was affiliated with the club. So I got a call uh, to reach out and try it out. The transition into it, I think I was pretty intimidated at first, but I almost came from a position that was like, look, I have nothing to lose. And I did, you know, I, I actually had a conversation with my coach before I joined and he asked me about the mental health stuff. And, you know, we just had a really open and honest conversation. I didn't really want to hide anything anymore. I think that's the tendency, right? Is like, I don't want to share my feelings because I don't want to be, come off as weak. This is a guy I've never met, a coach I've never met. This is going to be, you know, the guy that's going to trust me and put me on the field. I think from now on, my philosophy is, look, I'm going to be open and honest with how I feel. And I think the beautiful thing about it is they want to hear that as well. I think they want to hear the truth and they want to understand you just as much as you want to understand what's going on with them. So that was really awesome to have. We, you know, we had a really good relationship throughout the season. So um, I hope it continues and, and I'm sure it will. And it's great to hear that you felt comfortable to, you know, t take that step because it is a risk, sadly, still in our society to speak about our mental health. But again, it shouldn't be because, again, if it was a physical health concern, we then no hesitancy to talk about diabetes or previous broken leg or, you know, a collarbone injury. But yet when it comes to anxiety, depression, panic attacks, we have the hesitancy. But I'm glad you're able to say, no, you know what, I'm going to be open about this. I'm going to be open about my story. And you've even spoken other podcasts and other platforms about your mental health and your 
history as well, which again is great to be able to help shatter this thing as well. Yeah, yeah, you make a great point. Um, you know, we take a lot of put a lot of emphasis on on the physical side of the game, you know, and we have sports physios and trainers and all these resources to help our bodies, but not as much to help our minds. And I think, you know, especially going into the pro level, like I said, your talent is only going to get you so far. It really is, especially at the pro level, like so much more mental than people understand um, or think on the outside. And I think we need to have more sports psychologists, more support in terms of the mental game and, you know, building mental strength um, to get through that adversity. It's not easy, like uh, like I said. And yeah, you make it you make a really good point. At any point, was there any conversation around bringing other mental health professionals to speak to the team as a whole, to educate the staff, to educate coaching staff? Or was it more so in terms of that the door is open to speak to a coach or assistant coach? I think throughout my college career, and like I said, I think mental health in general is just starting to be spoken about. So I do think there will be changes. I think it takes people like you and me and, and really just anyone that's passionate about this to spearhead the change. Um, I do think it's important. And I am trying to to get more people uh, involved with my current team. I think it would be a, a great thing and a really great thing to have people that I've either connected with or people that I just think would benefit our team mentally. Um, throughout Georgetown and, and my career, it was more like the door is open. Here are the resources. Um, if you want, but I think we need a more hands-on approach. I think it's it's time for people to like really bring it to the table instead of saying here they are. If you want to go, go ahead. You know, it's, it's very much. It still adds the level of stress and worry for athletes because again, it takes additional for them to have to make that step instead of here having the supports come to them, which again would decrease that stigma level for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is like, like I said, it's just it's just not talked about enough. I think, again, the physical side is so it's put so much emphasis on on the physical side. But I mean, the challenges and, you know, dealing with teammates, dealing with travel, just the intensity, it's it's a grind at the end of the day. I think that alone is is pretty obvious that we need some some help. Yeah. And I've seen recently in the last month or so, the MLS level has hired a director of wellness and well-being. I'll have to double check to make sure that's the proper term about it. But I know it's someone with a uh, social work background and is looking at it from a policy level. Uh, but hopefully that trickles down into other levels of soccer as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, I didn't know about that. I hope that that does make a difference. In terms of looking at the grassroots levels, what would have been some supports that would have been helpful for you even when you start noticing anxiety at the high school level in terms of the pressures and stress? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people actually, it's it's a great question. A lot of people, when they try and offer support, you know, they, they preface it with, you know, I'm not a mental health counselor. I don't know, you know, the right, it's like, for me, I I really do think and believe that each human being on the earth, regardless of what kind of skill set they have, or if they're in mental health or not can just be really be a good friend and, and a good, um, you know, support system for really anyone out there. I just am, I'm a very empathetic person. I know what I've been through. So if I can help at least one person or two people, that would be a success for me. I think it's, it's one of the most important and urgent things that is going on right now. And having that kind of lived experience to be able to 
help someone else. And really, when someone says, oh, I'm not sure what direction to turn, you can still easily find those supports for people to bring them in. Again, having someone like yourself come talk to a group of high school soccer players, say, hey, I I've, can I've relate to and understand the culture of the sport as well, which has a whole other level. Because again, having the mental health experience is one thing, but being able to understand the culture of that sport is such a significant piece as well. Totally. And, and like I said, I think a lot of people, including myself, like, like I said, for a while, are just really scared of these feelings. Like it's, these aren't nice feelings to feel or nice feelings to talk about, but they will start to be okay. And, and really nice feelings to talk about if we do talk about them more. Um, cause I, I really do believe that they're normal. Um, and even, you know, think about like someone really going through this stuff, it's hard enough for them to talk about. I think the reason that it's hard or we haven't seen as much support recently is because it is hard to support as well. It's, it's uncomfortable to say, Hey, I'm here for you. How do you feel? It's uncomfortable to be even curious about the other person's feelings because you don't want to upset the other person. Um, my belief is that it's better to ask, it's better to communicate than to leave it alone because you never know, you know, what that person is going through. We've seen, unfortunately, a lot of suicides at the college level. And it's really heartbreaking to see, but you know, it's, it's why I'm here. It's why I'm saying this. So I, I really do believe that. And I think that's such a great point because again, at least by asking, it opens the door for the person to give them the opportunity to make the choice. If they do want to open up and talk about it, that door is open. If they feel that right now they don't want to, then that's their choice to make as well. But at least mm -hmm. then the opportunity is given. It's a great point. I always say, at least you're doing your part. And if I'm doing my part, I can go to sleep easy. One thing I know you talk about a fair bit too is around men's mental health. And in your opinion, what's your thoughts on why it might be more difficult for men to open up about their mental health compared to females? Yeah, I think in particular with men, um, you know, I talk about the stigma and looking weak. Um, I think it's, you know, with just the nature of being a man, you have this kind of identity that you want to be an alpha, you want to be strong, you want to be in charge. And I think it's just part of our DNA at the end of the day. Um, so when we talk about these feelings, obviously, you know, the worry and the stigma is behind looking weak, um, how we're really, it's, it's all about our image and how we're going to feel. But, you know, and this is something that's is very interesting. I've, I've thought about this recently is around the, the idea of the image, right? Like all of the fear is behind how you're going to look, but in doing that, you're actually, you know, disregarding and not honoring yourself and your own feelings. Um, and I think that it took a while for me to really understand that. And it's a great point because, again, we in both ways, we're one, we worry around that warrior mentality and that idea of, okay, we have to show our strength, we, we can't back down, any chance weakness is a negative thing, and oftentimes we correlate talking about our mental health as weakness and being vulnerable. But really, if that's just true strength, and it takes a lot of courage to be able to be open and being vulnerable. So the mm -hmm. fact that we're able to do that actually does enhance our overall well-being and our sense of self, which is, it sounds like the point you've made as well. Yeah, it really does. Um, and to your point about, about men in particular, I mean, I think men have trouble expressing their anger sometimes. I think we don't know what to do with it. Um, sometimes we hold it as resentment, and you can see it in the amount of violence, the amount of suicides um, that are, you know, produced by men in particular. And, you know, I, again, no stereotypes here or anything like that. But, you know, when you think of 
women or girls um, supporting each other. You think of like wine nights and and things like that. It's like there's no wine nights for for guys. I think we it, it's a beautiful thing when you can see a bunch of guys supporting each other, talking to each other, and really being open and honest about our feelings because there is a lot of ego involved. There is a lot of image involved. You want to look tough. You want to look strong. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, that's really not real strength. I think the real strength is talking about it is being there for each other. Um, and that's, that's definitely how I want to live my life. And it goes to show too, we look back over the last, even just 10 years of sport history, you look at athletes who spoke right about mental health and you never hear anyone's this damn about that ability to speak out. You look at Kevin Long, DeMar Rosen, Michael Phelps, Patrick O'Sullivan, and the list can go on. And again, this is the true strength to be able to talk about this aspect. And again, the shine more light. And again, the work you're doing speaks as well to be able to shatter the stigma, to make it a just as common conversation as twisting an ankle. Yeah. So I'm curious what other aspects in terms of this work around mental health and athletes are you involved in? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm currently a mental health ambassador for an organization called Athletes for Hope. I've done podcasts, I've done talks, and really just connecting with people about this topic, um, just like we're doing. I think it's it's great to be involved in these, these sort of things to break down the stigma. I think the more that this message is released, um, the better. I've been involved with Hit, The Hidden Opponent is a great resource as well. There's a bunch of resources out there. We just need to keep talking about it and keep publicizing it so that this thing can grow. And I, and I really do like as well that you mentioned all those other athletes. I think it's super important. I remember, you know, and this came from actually working with athletes for hope. The weight of gold is, um, I don't know if, are you familiar with that? It's a documentary. Um, I think I don't want to summarize it wrong, but I do. I think it's um, a group of Olympic athletes really just talking about their mental health. Uh, and Michael Phelps is the guy like running it and, and starring in it. And I was shocked to hear that he was suicidal after his Olympic run. And you're talking about a guy that people would just pay to be in their, in the, in his presence. Um, and this guy is the most successful athlete, most successful Olympian, and he doesn't want to be here anymore. And to me, that's like, doesn't that show how much is, you know, can go behind the scenes and it should make people curious. It definitely made me curious. Like, really what is going on. I think that's that's the biggest thing is just curiosity. If, if you ask questions and you start to ask the right questions, you really care about the, the human being at heart, like you'll find the answers. Um, and yeah, I thought, I thought it was incredible for him to speak out about that, for Kevin Love, all those other athletes to speak out. It just shows that we're all human at the end of the day. And it also shows that mental health does not discriminate, that it doesn't matter how famous you are or how successful in your sport you are or how much money you have, mental health can impact any of us, and I often say, as much as the stats say one in four people will be impacted by mental health, I say that we're all impacted by mental health in some mm -hmm. way or form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's such a great point. Like, you know, I go back to image, you look at Michael Phelps, and you're like, what an image that guy has. Like, you know, but it, like you said, it, it really doesn't matter how much money you have. You know, people want as much money as possible. They want the fame, they want the fortune, but, you know, people need to understand that. Like, everyone's a human being at the end of the day. And if you don't take care of this, it doesn't matter how much external stuff you have. And in terms of going back to Athletes for Hope, tell us more about that organization and some of the work that is done among that group. Yeah, so I, um, I mainly work with Suzanne Potts is the 
leader basically for for me she's spearheading a lot of this stuff um and what what they've been doing what i've been doing is every may i believe is is mental health awareness month so really during that month every year we've been kind of nailing in on on the mental health stuff meeting with different organizations um different athletes uh i met with the producer actually of of that film the the weight of gold just to talk about this stuff, like I said, and um, kind of break down the stigma, get the the video out there on social media. You can follow them on social media. Um, they're doing really, really, really great work. It's not just a mental health organization, really, but um, they do all sorts of things, helping athletes transition out of sport into sport, uh, connect them with a bunch, you know, basically whatever they need. Like I said, it's just it's at being an athlete is, is a specific niche um, and it is a grind and it's a specific area of life that that people need to navigate so they do really really great work very proud to be a part of it and it's great to hear it looks like it takes care of an athlete throughout the lifespan not just throughout their career so again even when they're ready to finish off their sport no matter if it's planned or unplanned looking at supports for athletes and help them set their next phase of life yeah yeah it's it's funny like they uh the first name i said mental health ambassador but the first name they gave us was whole being athlete ambassador and i think that was pretty cool because, you know, they, they were trying to find a, a good name to really encompass the message, right? It's like, it really is like we're a whole human being at the end of the day. And, and again, it's, it's about image and, and people can forget that, you know, they see us on TV. And it, being an athlete is really, you know, you're in the entertainment business at the end of the day. People watch you on TV and they want to see you perform. Um, but, you know, when you go to the root cause of maybe why someone's performing or not, like this is the stuff that needs to be talked about. And I think really it also speaks to how easy it is for the public to forget that as much as we look at, okay, it's a goalkeeper or a midfielder or a striker. They're a human first. They're someone's son, someone's daughter, someone's friend, cousin, coworker, all those aspects of who the person is behind the cleats. Absolutely. Um, I think in particular, you know, just watching the World Cup, um, Ronaldo's not my cup of tea, but he's gotten so much bad press. Um, I've been talking about this for years. It, it, you know, it gets on my nerves because people just create false stories and, and, you know, they use it for their own benefit. You know, they want clicks, they want ratings. It's very obvious. And, uh, to me, it's just not cool because, you know, these people are, are seeing this stuff. It, it affects people's judgments and reality. So, um, you know, I wish that stuff kind of just stayed private and they could keep it to themselves. Cause really how difficult is it when you have tens and hundreds of thousands of people constantly, you know, talking about yourself, you know, criticizing your game, criticizing a shot, a pass, a play, it has a huge impact on our mental health. Totally. I mean, it, ma it makes, personally, it makes me scared a little bit to, you know, be in this business to play pro soccer. And I don't want to feel like that. And I don't want, you know, I really don't want anyone else to feel like that. I don't want from, you know, from the most famous guys, Ronaldo, all the way to the bottom, like, I wouldn't want anyone to feel pressured or, you know, like they're being judged all the time at all, because it's just, again, not a nice feeling. Um, and I think, you know, those people are behind a screen. This is just the the day we live in now, unfortunately, it's like you can say kind of whatever you want. You're not face to face with this person. So I'm sure if they were in Cristiano Ronaldo's position or anyone else that, you know, they wouldn't be saying this stuff. Yeah. And for yourself, Jack, any tips or advice you have for current or aspiring athletes for taking care of their mental health? I think the first thing that I would say is to, if you are going through something, 
be patient, be really kind to yourself and try and acknowledge your feelings as much as possible. Um, like I said, I think the common thing is people try and run from it and you can only avoid it for so long. Your bubble will pop. And, you know, mine certainly did. I didn't think it would turn out like this. It was actually quite a beautiful experience at the end of the day. Um, but what I would say is, yeah, just try and acknowledge it. And if you're a supporting cast or if you want to support someone else, um, also, you know, don't be afraid to acknowledge it. I think over communicating is the best way to deal with that. And I think the more that we can be here for each other and just let people know that we're in their corner, honestly, the more success that you will have, the more success that the people you love will have and the world will just be a better place. Yeah. No, some great words of wisdom for any athlete at any phase of their career, for sure. Uh, one thing we often do here on Courtside is what we call rapid questions in terms of just first thing kind of comes to mind. So first thing, what is one word of advice you wish you could give your younger self? Be kind to yourself. Really easy to, like I said, for us to kind of judge yourself and jump to the negative side of things. But like I said, it's great words as well for anyone to know, no matter if you're an athlete or you know, a lover of sport or just a human being in general. What is one moment from your soccer career that will always stick to you or one of your favorite memories? Winning the national championship. That was pure ecstasy. And it wasn't just winning. It was everything that, that went into it. I can imagine too, you know, that journey that you went through and how important that was. What a great way to celebrate that journey. Totally. It was, it was unreal. And in your opinion, what makes a well athlete? A well athlete. What makes a well athlete to me is being physically strong and being mentally strong, just as equal. Taking care of both sides of the, the body and the mind, which again is such a crucial part. 100%. Jack, I really want to thank you for joining us here on Courtside today, for sharing your story, and for being a voice and a pioneer in this field. Because again, we need people like yourselves, the athletes on the ground who are willing to speak about this and be able to make these changes in society and hopefully for this generation and for the next. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And, and likewise, you're doing great work. So I'm very proud to, to be on here. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to check out other episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple, Audible, and Podbean. You can also follow us on social media at Wellness Athletic Services on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for the show, feel free to email us at wellnessathleticservices at gmail.com. Thank you and stay well. Thank you.